Hello, football fans, and welcome to Friday Night Football Replay, a Ken's 5 podcast about high school football here in the San Antonio area. Week 6 now in the books with David Flores. I'm Cameron Songer. David, this was the week we had sort of been maybe dreading a little bit. All the 6A teams in the area had the week off, so not a ton of news, at least the way we're used to talking about it here in San Antonio. Yeah, we're kind of like the coaches in the area. You know, I kind of canvassed some of them this week, and they have mixed emotions about it. But, uh, you know, by and large, they've learned to kind of uh, uh, adapt to it, embrace embrace it, uh, if you will. You know, the bye week, they, they, they take the positive tack that, uh, hey, it gives uh, their, their players a chance to kind of recharge, heal up, gives their coaches a chance to uh, reintroduce themselves to their wives and their families because <laughs> they've been gone since the uh, uh, middle of, of J- July when they go to the coaches' convention. So, uh, all in all, uh, uh, you know, they, they, it, it was a good week and, and uh, for them. And a lot of the teams, they'll go back to the basics. And when they say the basics, not so much the, the fundamentals of the game, although they'll, they'll touch on that. It's mostly there, as Rodney Williams said to Judson, we, we go back to the, to the uh, basics of our schemes, you know, the, the, you know, run our offense better, run, run our defense better, uh, and work on that. And then they, they put in a game plan for, for instance, uh, uh, Judson is playing New Braunfels this week. So they put in that, that game plan last week during the bye week. Same thing with uh, the big game that we'll talk about later, uh, O'Connor and, and Brandeis, you know, they put in their game plans uh, last yeah, week. Yeah, you have that extra week to prepare mm-hmm. for, for what a lot of teams, it's going to be a really big game in week number seven, as well as I think the most important thing for some of these 16, 17-year-olds is, is resting, you know, yes. resting those bodies, some of those uh, those minor bumps and bruises that can sort of start to add up and get worse if you try to, you know, really push it week after week after week. You, you have that week off and, you know, it, it, you can heal. Right. And then another thing that's just as important, not more important, is it's the grade. It's grade grade week. Oh you yeah. Know? So oh they, yeah. Uh, there's there's school involved. <laughs> yeah, there's school involved. These kids go actually go to school, and they they uh, they had a uh, I think they had the grades had to be in by the end of the school day on Friday. So those coaches always a little anxiety, uh, uh, you know, attached to that, and coaches want to make sure and they monitor those grades. But as Coach Branscombe said, you know, sometimes one will get away from you. You didn't, maybe didn't understand it or was it. Uh, represented to you the way it should have been and, and all that. Then you, you uh, his, his goal was, I hope I have the same team I had right. you know, before 15 as, as uh, you know, I mean, after 4.15 as I had before 4.15, the end of the school day. So, so I'm, I'm sure he did. We'll see. We'll talk about all the 6A teams in a little while. We've, we've teased it enough now. The, the actual games that we can talk <laughs> about that happened in week six, these are the games October 3rd, 4th, and 5th in the San Antonio area. Let's start uh, by just going down the uh, the 5A rankings. Going into week six, we had Wagner at number one, and they won. Kerrville Tyvee and Bernie Champion were two and three. They were both idle in that 14-5A district. Uh, Harlan won their game. Veterans Memorial won their game. Those were four and five. Southside lost. Navarro was idle. Uh, Southwest Legacy, Antonian, and Bernie were rounding out the 5A ranking. So let's run through it now, district by district, and see how teams did in the San Antonio area. We'll start with 12 5A D1, which includes one team sort of in our coverage. It's mostly an Austin district, right. uh, but Seguin, the Matadors, were playing Austin Crockett, and it was no problem for Seguin. They won 50 to nothing. Now into uh, San Antonio, 13 5A D1, and we mentioned those Wagner Thunderbirds. How about this for a score from Rutledge Stadium? They were playing a good Brackenridge team, 61 to nothing. The Thunderbirds yeah. won that game. So they're now 5-1 and one overall and 4-0 and oh in district and will continue to hold that top spot in the weekly 5A rings. David, unless you saw something that, uh, that I didn't see out of that, but 61 nothing when you're already the number one team and 2-3 and three were off. 
It's a safe bet. Uh, yeah, you know, Breck is Breck is not that bad, but you play up. You know, they've got a, a good ball club, but they, you come up against a team like Wagner, who's been used to you know they're they're, they're sharp and they've got the edge, having played in that six A district for a long time against Bisson Valley and and Judson and Steele and Clemens. Uh, they're uh, they're they're they're. Uh, this is not, they're, they're out of their league. You know, they're really, or Brack was out of their league playing somebody like, uh, uh, like Wagner. The other Judson ISD team in that 13-5A D1 district is Veterans Memorial. They had a game against Highlands at Alamo Stadium, and 64-6 was the final score. Veterans Memorial stays perfect in district, setting up eventually what will be a big clash between Veterans Memorial and Wagner. They'll, they'll both be in the playoffs by the looks of things in that district. That includes a lot of the SAISD schools. It's just who's going to be number one, who's going to be number two. Yeah. Uh, those two teams are, are clearly the class of that district. Two other games in that district. Edison was taking on Sam Houston. This was a Thursday night game at Alamo Stadium. Sam Houston got their first win of the season, so congratulations to the Hurricanes, winning a close one, 20-14. And Burbank, uh, they've been solid. They've been in and out of the, the 5A and below rankings on Kens5.com. They took care of business against Jefferson with a 35-21 to win. So they're 5-1, I think, now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, just they, the one loss for to, Burbank. To, to break. You know, they, yeah. yeah, so they're, they're, again, hats off to Coach Baron and his staff. And the kids, you know, they've got a... Uh, you know they've got a solid ball club there, and they're they're going to have a, they're well on their way to having one of the best seasons in a while. We mentioned the number four team in our sub six A rankings, the Harlan Hawks. They are in fourteen five A D one. They had a game against Harlandale, so Harlandale versus Harlan. You'd think they might be rivals or neighbors or something. <laughs> if you're new to the San Antonio, they're they're on opposite ends of of the city more or less. And uh, Harlan won that game forty three thirty five, so a shootout. But Harlan staying perfect on the year. Yeah, they're tough. You know, it was uh, Harlandale. You know, hats off to uh, to Coach Totus and his staff and and the players there at Harlandale. They that was uh, they they gave uh, Harlan all they wanted. But Harlan came back and Harlan's a little bit deeper and they've got Cannon Williams. They've got some good skilled people and ultimately you know that won out in a, in, a, in a high scoring game. That district fourteen five AD one. It's it's not all in San Antonio. There are a couple teams from outside the area. Uh, Eagle Pass win defeating McCollum uh, twenty three to seven and Laredo Martin. Uh, hand, uh, handled Southwest Legacy 28-17. But uh, Southwest Legacy, they've been solid this year. They, they came in at number eight in our rankings, and uh, really everything that's been going on for them this year, you don't want to say that there was a low expectation because you know the, the coaches mm -hmm. and the players hold themselves to high mm -hmm. standard. They came in after a winless season last year as their first varsity campaign. So any positive results this year are just good building blocks. Yeah, they're, they're playing with house money now. I mean, this season, when you get right down to it, I hate to put it that way, but they're... That's not a bad loss for them. Twenty-eight to seventeen. Heck, they they were in a ball game. They'll they are they're only getting better every time they go out there. They're getting better. Yeah. So Laredo Martin improves to four and two overall and two and zero oh in that district. Southwest Legacy is also now four and two for the season and one and one in district. Still very much in the race as that district still just kind of getting started. Fourteen uh, five A D two. We talked about the the top two teams in that district is Kerrville Tyvee and Burning Champion. Uh, that that district was all off this past oh, yeah, week. They all took uh, the Alamo yeah. Heights also in that district, a couple other teams from the San Antonio area. So uh, following the lead of the big boys in 6A and, and taking uh, week six off. One more 5A district to look at here in the San Antonio area that includes some teams from outside the area. And it was uh, not a great day for the teams from San Antonio, both uh, teams from our area losing in this district. Uh, Gregory Portland beating Floorsville by a score of 17 to 14. And Southside lost their first game of the year against uh, Toluso Midway 24-21. Yeah, the, the, those aren't bad. You know, the, Southside again does a good job, as we've said. Ricky Lott gets a lot out, out of his players at, at uh, Southside. Uh, Twenty-four, twenty-one. That's not that's not a bad loss. And and then Floresville, 
Gregory Porter, where was that game? Was it at GP? I no, think? it was in Floresville. Floresville, but still, just a three-point difference. I mean, uh, GP has been a perennial power, you know, in that district down there. Them and Cal Allen through the years have been, uh, you know, have, have, have had have had uh, great programs and all. So, uh, nothing to be downcast about. They'll be back. Let's take a look at some of the 4A schools in and around the San Antonio area. Uh, King came to Pleasanton, and Pleasanton stayed perfect. 47-22, they won that game. Eastside Memorial made the trip into San Antonio to take on a TCAL team, that's St. Anthony. And St. Anthony pitched a shutout, 47 nothing for that game. We don't uh, talk about some of these smaller private schools sometimes, but uh, they'll get in the conversation every now and then. We'll talk about the rest of uh, TAPS D1 and 2 in just a second. Uh, Crystal City was at Dilly. They won 14-6. to Poteet was at Poth, and Poth won that game 48-26. I think we have photos of that game yeah, on Kent's5.com. Yeah, Kent's right. yeah, so again, when the when the big schools aren't playing, those, those little <laughs> schools can get, uh, can get some yeah. coverage. So if you're looking for photos of that game, we have it on Kent's5.com. Uh, Lavernia was at Pearsall, and Lavernia won that game uh, big, 56 nothing. And how about we take a look at the 3A teams from San Antonio, not a lot of them. 15-3A uh, Division I, Randolph uh, went on the road, beat Cotula 35-13. Cole lost on the road at Marion 30-6, uh, and Jordanton at Carn City. Uh, Jordanston also stays unbeaten. They're, they mm -hmm. won that game 55-7 to in Carn City. Yeah, Jordanton's a solid program. It's... It's a bit of a, a bit of a stretch to ask for uh, a, a 3A team to be in those sub-6A rankings, but as we'll see in a second, there are some TAPS teams in the mix there. Perhaps the game of the week, and I, I feel like um, probably should have mentioned it earlier here, Antonian at Bernie, two teams in mm -hmm. the sub-6A rankings at number 9 and number 10. Bernie had home field advantage, and they uh, handed Antonian a second straight loss, 28-22, in a game between two very good teams. Good ball, yeah, good good ball game. That's one you would like to watch. Uh, uh, as we've mentioned, Antonian has got uh, uh, Khalil Warfield at quarterback. He's a UTEP uh, that's committed to them, and the, uh, probably the Miners could probably use him, uh, considering how you know they, they lost to UTSA yesterday, and they've lost, going into that ball game, they lost 26 of their last 28 games. And then they've also got Devin Grant, defensive end, is going to Colorado. So how many times in San Antonio do you see a TAP school have two FBS, uh, uh, you know, two players committed to FBS schools? You just don't, you know, you see it in Houston, you see it in Dallas, but not not, not down here. So that's really, we got a good ball club, but hats off to Bernie. Solid, solid win for him. Bernie's out of 15-4A uh, Division One. Antonian uh, TAPS Division One. They'll play just three district games, and those are finally coming up. Uh, that's that's the story for all of these TAPS teams. They're in 14 districts, so really it's only those last three games. Beeville Jones, which is a 15-4A D1 in that same district as Bernie, they made the trip into Central Catholic and won, defeating the Buttons 50-34. to San Antonio Christian went up to Austin and played St. Michael's. They won that game 24-13, so the second straight win for the Lions after a slow start. And then uh, in, in a potential playoff preview, Holy Cross, the favorite in that TAPS district against Austin Regents, uh, the one of the better TAPS D2 teams in the state, 42-6, no problem for Regents. Yeah, Regents, is, they're, they're, they're salty. And I'm just backing up here a little bit, congratulations to Chris Sosa at Beeville. You know, Chris uh, Sosa was a head coach at... Uh, uh, at Maina Valley for a few years, and uh, he went back to Beeville where he had success and a big win for them to, to, to beat Central Catholic. All right, so let's look ahead now. Week 7, get the 6A teams <laughs> back in the mix after their bye, and uh, let's run through the games that are going on uh, October 10th, 11th, and 12th here in the San Antonio area. And uh, let's start with 28-6A, where there's the headline matchup of the week, one that's been anticipated. I think one that, David, you and I probably had circled since the, the sure. calendar was released. Sure. And, and that is O'Connor versus Brandeis, Friday night at Ferris Stadium. Yeah, those two teams going into that uh, showdown, so to speak, will be uh, 
ranked. Uh, they'll be number two and number five in in our in our rankings. Uh, Brandeis at number two, O'Connor at number five. They're both two and zero in district. Brandeis, as you said, one of the two undefeated teams in the six eight teams in the in, in the area. They're they're uh, they're five and zero. O'Connor's four and one. Uh, that's a rivalry. I mean, I asked David Branscom last week when I was talking to him, the, the Brandeis coach. I said, "Who is your rival?" And he said, "Oh, no, no doubt, it's 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 O'Connor." So, this morning I went back and did a little research, and since O'Connor, I mean, since Brandeis rather, opened in 2001, and they played a varsity season that first year, so they've been they've played football for this is uh, for the last uh, this is their 12th season, the last 11 years uh, they've played, and Brandeis leads the series. Uh, against uh, O'Connor 5-4. You might say, well, why, else? why is it only nine games if, it, uh, if they've played 11 uh, games? That is because in 2016 and 17, they were in different zones in that district. There were so many teams, they zoned them up for, for a season, and they didn't play each other. But uh, uh, Brandeis has a, a, the, the edge, you know, 5-4 going into this week's game, but uh, O'Connor has won the last two meetings, 45-39 in 2015, and then 30 to 28 last year. Yeah, last so, year's game was a thriller. Yeah, it was a thriller, and it'll be folks get there get there early. Uh, oh, buy those tickets uh, in advance. Yeah, yeah. Ferris yeah. Stadium is going to be. Uh, uh, they're going to have a full house. So that'll be a, that'll be a good game. Both of those teams unbeaten in district. They're both four and zero in 28-6A. And remember, that's a uh, a ten team district. Four teams make the playoffs, right. then they uh, they decide who's D one and D two. Once you know who's already in the playoffs, so both of those teams will pretty much, barring something crazy, will be in the playoffs. Whether they'll be in the same yeah. bracket remains to be seen. But uh, you get bragging rights and and yeah. uh, the, the, the ability to have the inside track with uh, less than half the season to go after that game to, to be able to call yourself a district champion is not nothing, and especially in that very tough district. Yeah, the, the, there will be, uh, as we were talking, er, talking earlier, there will be a lot of good players on that field on, you know, on, both, on both sides of uh, the line of scrimmage. But I'm writing a story this week, and, and, and uh, it'll, it'll run Friday morning on, on Kens5.com. On Logan Parr, their blue chip offensive lineman who has already uh, committed to, to, to UT, to the Texas Longhorns, and they're getting a good one. They're getting a, a good, uh, uh, a good player. So uh, there'll be a lot of good, but there'll be a lot of good. There's a lot, a lot of, of talent, talent on the field. Jordan Battles, the quarterback, teams, yeah. you know, from, from junior uh, from now, Brandeis, who, who just a for junior. Brandeis, who put, set records yeah. as a sophomore last year. How about this? That's not even the only really good game we have in 28-6-8 no, <laughs> this upcoming week. Uh, Warren versus Jay is one I'm looking at. Uh, Warren, the Warriors are, are two and three overall, one and three in district. Jay comes in with a two and two mark in district. That game will be played Saturday at Gus. Jay, I think, with a win can more or less line themselves up to be in a, a playoff spot. And uh, Warren, I'll tell you what, this is kind of a must win for them. I was going to say it's it's a, you, you hate to say it's an elimination game because there's still some some games to be played. But boy, I tell you what, this is one of those where. I don't follow wrestling, but I know enough about wrestling to know that when they put that hurricane fence around the ring, you know, one of those, <laughs> you know, that might be one of those kind of games because there's going to be some, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, both teams are going to go at it pretty good, I'm sure. And both of those teams looking up in the standings, if the season ended today, they would be out of the playoffs yeah. uh, because there are two teams that are 3-1, and one, and we mentioned O'Connor and Brandeis at 4-0. and oh. uh, Let's talk about those other teams. Brennan is taking on Marshall. That game's Thursday at Ferris. Brennan comes in with just one loss in district play. And then Stevens, kind of in a surprise team in that district, three and two overall, three and one in district. They have Clark Saturday at Ferris. So uh, if those teams continue to hold serve, yeah, no matter what happens between Warren and Jay, that the standings will be the same. But anything can happen on any given uh, Friday, Saturday, or even Thursday night. Well, and then Brennan, keep in mind the last time we saw them, you know, Brandeis just beat them badly, fifty-one to sixteen. But but uh, Brennan did not have their starting quarterback, Jordan Floyd. Now, he doesn't play defense. You know, they probably wouldn't have won that game anyway. But 
I don't know if they would have beaten, gotten beaten as badly. And he had a looked like a hard cast on his right leg. Went out on the court for the coin toss. He's a captain in crutches, so you wonder is he going to be back? Because they don't have much offense without him. All they have is, is a running back uh, uh, toll free, and they, and they have to manufacture it. And he's he's their passing game suffered. So uh, I really feel uh, you know for for the Bears because they've got a good defense, but uh, they were on the field a lot, you know, against Brandeis. One other game in 28-6A as well. Holmes uh, against Taft, and Holmes still looking to get in the win column. Still looking to, to find the end zone for the first time this season. you, you got to feel for those. you got to feel for them. Because you know, I tell you what, I, Juan Morales has so much goodwill across the city. Uh, as I went on last week, all those coaches are going, gosh, we feel so bad for Juan. He's a real conscientious guy. Loves those kids. Really coaches them up. Has a good staff. But they haven't been able to score. Uh, you know, uh, they haven't they haven't won, of course, but they, they haven't even scored. So you know, here's here's hoping they at least finally find the end zone this year. This yeah, week. yeah, and that's when that bye week I think can really yeah. help. I, I think you know when you get into week to week, you spend so much time perhaps thinking about what the other team is doing, how we're going to scheme this. You, you get that extra week of practice to, to focus on yourself and, and, yeah, and you get go. that get that confidence going back yeah. again. You know, whether that's yep. having some fun, taking yeah. know, stepping away from it a little bit, or uh, you know, finding a way to, to manufacture some yeah. success in practice. So yeah, we're, oh, you're, we're, you're 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 exactly right. That's what uh, Larry Coker used to say. Some great stuff. The former UTSA coach, he'd say he'd tell his players, "It's not that we don't respect the other team. Yeah, we have to get ready for the other team, but in the end, it's about us. It's, it's about us. We've got to do what we got to do. You know, and, and that's exactly what, what what you're saying. That's what." Maybe Holmes, hopefully, maybe as they went back, you know, to that bye week that they took it back to the basics. Yeah, and they still have five games to play, four more after this week. So right. a, a lot of uh, a lot of football still to go, sure. and and plenty of uh, things that they can hang their hat on as the season goes on. Twenty seven six A now for week seven. Couple good games. We'll start with the uh, Friday night game at Heroes. Uh, this one between South South Sand and Roosevelt. Uh, South Sand, perhaps the surprise team in that district. Both of those teams come in with four and one records, with South Sand still unbeaten in district play. That reminds me of maybe a basketball game where South Sand is going to want to take the air out of the ball and slow it down, and they can do that with that option. They run that option, you know, the option offense. For those of you, you know, if you watch the service academies on Saturday, that's what they run. That's the offense that they feel, the personnel they have <laughs> that gives them a chance to win. Roosevelt is going to be chomping at the bit. You know they've wanted, boy, they hated to have that bye last week after because when you lose a game, you want to get back on the field as, as soon as possible. You know to to right the wrong, so to speak. You, you just want to turn it around. You want to atone for that loss. So they've had a week to stew in, in that. And I tell you what, it's either going to be a close South San win or a Roosevelt route. You know, so you know it's one of those kind of games where I don't think Roosevelt's going to be pussyfooting around this week. Not that they were against Madison. That Madison's got a good ball club and they. And they and, and they beat them. So that's going to be an interesting, uh, uh, that's going to, could be an interesting game. Speaking of Madison, they play Saturday at Heroes. They have Reagan in another really good tilt in 27-6A. Uh, Madison, the other unbeaten team in that district. And Reagan, well, they're two and three overall, one and one in the district, but I think they, everyone expects them to factor into the playoff picture. Yeah, Reagan is having a very uncharacteristic uh, year. You know, for, it's been a very uncharacteristic season for the, for the Rattlers. They're usually, well, they won four straight here until a few years ago and uh, before, uh, before uh, you know Johnson won and Madison won district last year, but uh, uh, they came in determined. But you know they didn't have their quarterback Travis Travis State, who's a, one just a tremendous baseball player who has a 93 mile per hour fastball. It tells you the kind of player they were. So so <laughs> they, they, they quarterback. you don't get very many uh, like him. So they went really rested him for the first few, uh, couple of games, and uh, uh, you know they wanted to give that shoulder and elbow and everything rest. And then uh, he came on and they beat Clemens. His first game back, they, they, that's Clemens's only loss. Uh, but then they, 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 they lost the following week. But so that's going to be 
a pretty even game. It won't surprise me if Clemens beats Madison because it's that kind of it's a topsy turvy type type of district. You just never know. Uh, nobody's been able to kind of really gain any traction yet. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on the Rattlers and the Mavericks on Saturday at Hero Stadium. The other two games in 27-6A, both at Comalander Stadium. On Friday night, Johnson has MacArthur. And then on Saturday night, Churchill takes on Lee. Uh, one of those teams coming away with a first district win. Yeah, uh, Churchill's, Ch Churchill's hurting. You know, they've, they've got a good ball club and, and all. And, and Lee, well, we've talked about Lee before. So that's going to be, but you're right, somebody's going to have a district uh, win when they wake up on Sunday morning. 26-6A, that has the number one team in our area, the Judson Rockets, and things continue to be tough for them. This is a really good top-to-bottom district. Uh, they go on the road to New Braunfels to take on the Unicorns, a team that just lost their first game. So 5-0 and overall versus 4-1 and overall. And it really, if it wasn't for the fact that we have this highly anticipated <laughs> Brandeis-O'Connor, that, yeah. that's probably the game of the week. That would have been a great area game, right? And, and it still will be, but it's not going to be the marquee, uh, you know, matchup. New Braunfels is, is going to, uh, they're going to be there. They're going to bounce, try to bounce back and all. And, and they're better than they have been. Coach Mangold, Glenn Mangold and the staff have done a good job of putting their program in. And this is one of the best, better years that they've had here in the last few seasons. But, boy, you just can't, you know, I know I'm taking the easy way out, but you look at that at the skill level on, on that Judson, uh, both sides of the ball, my God. You know, you, you've got the Mike Chandler, the second at quarterback, who's just getting better and better. You've got DeAnthony Lewis, the running back, that's just getting better and better. And he's, he's just a junior. Their defense that only returned uh, one guy, uh, uh, you know, from last year has, has come in. And they've, uh, you know, Coach uh, uh, Rodney Williams was confident that they would be able to plug the holes but he just said, you know, just they're inexperienced. But, boy, they've come through. They've come through, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. And uh, it's not out of the question. It's not going out on a limb. It really isn't. I mean, and that, uh, I mean, it's no profile observation, but they could run the table. And if they do, it may be one of the better teams that Judson has had here in a few years. Yeah, they, they could line up with anybody in the, uh, in the state of Texas and, and, and be competitive in yeah. that game. They're, they're solid. Uh, one of the teams that we expected to be right there with them, and they played a classic with them, the, the Steel Knights. They come in 0-2 in district play. They, they'll face another team that's 0-2 in that district in San Marcos, and we probably expect the Knights to win that game, but, you know, anything can happen. I'm also keeping an eye on this one, East Central at Smithson Valley. East Central's still unbeaten in that district, and Smithson Valley, they, they've been sort of up and down. They're 3-2 overall, 1-1 in district, and uh, that game being played, at the home of the Rangers, which is always a, t is a tall order. It's always tough, but uh, I tell you, uh, Joe Hubbard, the former UT player who's the head coach at, uh, <coughs> at East Central, uh, I think I told you this year that he told me, uh, I guess I could say that now, but he told me off the record, he thought they could have a pretty good team if things kind of, you know, if things certain things happen. Well, they're starting to happen. He's got a pretty good ball club, and uh, let's, let's just say it here now. If East Central should win that game, you know, at Smithson Valley, which Smithson Valley does not lose very often in Ranger Stadium. But if they should be fortunate enough to win that game, every coach, when he comes in, needs a signature victory. Whether you're on the high school level, college, or pro, he wins this game, that's going to be his signature victory. That's something they can, you know, put their stamp on and say, this is, this is, this is it. We're, we're for real. We can do it. And, uh, uh, but Smithson Valley is going to be hard to beat because I tell you, Coach Larry Hill and his, you know, his staff, those players, they – I mean, my God, uh, they've run, been running that offense since they were in elementary school. I mean, that's no exaggeration. You know, they come out and they execute, and they rarely beat themselves. Uh, the, the, you know, they rarely make those kind of mistakes. They make mistakes, but not the kind that, uh, you know, they, 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 the other team, you, you got to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. you got to go out there and you got to beat them.
One more point on that East Central Smithson Valley game, David. We talked about earlier in a previous podcast how sometimes they are these decisive games in a season, and you don't know when they're going to come. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd like to think that, oh, the, the last game or the last two games are going to be the most important for a team season. That's not often how it works out, especially when you, you talk about these are the games that we can win, and sometimes you're playing teams where you really might not have a great chance to win. Uh, this East Central Smithson Valley game could come down to determining uh, that last playoff spot potentially no, in the right. district. No, you're, you're, you're right. It's just really, it's really amazing. And the, you know, all the years I've seen Smithson Valley, they're the kind of team that, and the only time I've seen them live is, is when they, they routed Madison. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it was a terrible game. It was over at the half. If you don't hit them in the mouth early and you let them, you know, gain their rhythm, get their rhythm offensively, they'll pick you apart. Because they're just, they'll just do this, they'll do that, they'll dink you, dink you, dink you, and boom, they, they do all kinds of stuff. So, you know, you, you've got to go out and you have got, you can't be on your heels. You've got to, you've got to jam them up and blow up some plays to get, to get anything going. Yeah, and we say that because Judson and Clemens are the two unbeaten teams in that district. Steele has played those two teams already, so the Knights can now play everybody else in the district and start to get some momentum, especially right. coming off a of bye week. So you kind of expect those are maybe the three top teams in that district. And so uh, with, the, with just four playoff spots available, it, it comes down to mm -hmm. East Central, Smithson Valley, and then with New Braunfels right there as well. Yeah. Uh, New Braunfels Canyon and San Marcos, uh, both winless on the year. And uh, that does bring us to the last game here in 26-6A this Friday night at Lenhoff Stadium. Uh, Clemens will host New Braunfels Canyon. Expect the Buffaloes to stay perfect in district, uh, but you never know. New Braunfels Canyon, that would be a, a big-time signature win for the Cougars. Oh, that would be. But I'll tell you what, uh, Clemens is playing, uh, you know, really, they, they should be undefeated. They, they, they let up, you know, in that game against Reagan. Not to take anything away from Reagan, that's their only loss. When Travis Stata came back, they were, they, were, they were cruising along, and then, then uh, Reagan got going and, and took the game from them, and or else they'd, they'd be unbeaten. All right, so that's 6A in the San Antonio area for Week 7. How about everybody else? 5A and below. We'll start in 12, 5A Division One. Seguin uh, continues that district gauntlet. They go up to Austin Travis. That's a Thursday night game uh, in Austin and Austin ISD. Uh, 13, 5A D1 here back in San Antonio. We'll start Thursday night at Alamo Stadium. Sam Houston takes on Brackenridge. The Eagles of Brackenridge, 3-3 three and three overall, 2-2 two and two on the year. This feels like kind of a, a swing game for them, sort of a pivot mm -hmm. game. Uh, towards the rest of their season. Lanier takes on Edison. That's Friday at the SAISD Complex. Both teams have a single win on the year. On Friday at Alamo Stadium, Wagner takes on Highlands. That's uh, uh, probably a little bit of a mismatch in, in terms of what Wagner's been doing in, in this district. So uh, might not be uh, the most competitive game, but you never know. And then uh, back at Rutledge Stadium on Friday night, Jefferson takes on Veterans Memorial. As we continue to just kind of anticipate the Big last game of the regular season, Veterans Memorial against Wagner, and that will most likely decide that district. As we keep looking through Week 7 games in 14-5A Division 1, Eagle Pass win is at Harlandale. That game's on Friday night. Southwest Legacy takes on McCollum Thursday night at Harlandale Memorial Stadium, and Southwest makes the trip out to Laredo to take on Martin. Back in San Antonio in the area for 14-5A D2, all these teams coming off a bye like the, uh, like the 6A teams. Memorial uh, travels to Alamo Heights. Both of those teams come in with identical 1-4 and four overall marks, 1-1 one and one in district. Bernie Champion at Lockhart. That's a good one for Friday night. Lockhart's 4-1 and one on the year, unbeaten in that district. And Bernie Champion, if they lose that one, they're suddenly 1-2 in district. And I know they're not thinking about that big picture. They have to have a lot of confidence. But 
you lose to the uh, the two unbeaten teams in that district, suddenly your fate's out of your hands. Yeah, you're on thin ice. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That, that could be that could be a very good game. Uh, Lockhart uh, uh, has been kind of a surprise, a surprise team in that in that, in that district. I'm sure that they're not surprised, but. Uh, uh, you know, a champion you think maybe has a little bit. Uh, they have uh, Luke uh, Boyer's at quarterback, and they've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good ball club. But they're going to Lockhart, right? Is that at Lockhart? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's at Lockhart. So, you know, it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't bet the farm on, on <laughs> champion winning, but uh, it, it, they should win. Two other games in that district at Medina Valley, where uh, Medina Valley will host Kennedy. Both of those teams still looking for their first district win. And then Uvalde travels to Kerrville, Tyvee, and the Antlers. Uh, right now, probably looking like the favorite in that district after defeating Bernie Champion. But, again, this is only going to be the third round of games in that in that league. Yeah, so they, they had to buy last week. But the, the last time we talked about Tyvee, they, they'd won. That, they've won four straight since losing to Dripping Springs in their opener by one point. And Dripping Springs is usually pretty good. They've been in the playoffs last year. And also, uh, Tyvee's, uh, Tyvee's tough. One more 5A district to talk about. Of course, 15 5A Division Two: Floresville at Alice on Friday, Southside at Cal Allen, and Somerset at Gregory Portland. That Southside-Cal Allen game is a good one and a really tough task for the Cardinals, who lost last week for the first time and now have to turn around and face uh, one of the best 5A teams in the state. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I've said it before, but before this is all over, Cameron, you and I are going to have to go down to Corpus Christi <laughs> Uh, and go watch a take a our Cal show Allen. on the road. I'm yeah, all about that's, it. And, and we'll have to do that and 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 watch a Cal Allen home game. I'll tell you what, Ron, it, it is an experience. I told you a few years ago, the Johnson, which is a six A team, they went down there, and and they had a, a two game series against them. They went down there and were fortunate enough to win. But I talked to Ron Ritterman, and his eyes were almost big as saucers when he got back. He says, "Hey, that was an experience. You go down there, they've got the music going, they're tailgating, they got the food going, the pits going for a high school game." And, and he says. Boy, we were lucky enough to get out of there with a win, and then they came back the next year. Cal Allen, you know, uh, remembered, and Cal Allen really put it to them. So I really feel for South, uh, South Side is playing, right? Uh, Cal, who's playing Cal Allen? South Side, yeah. That's a tough. You're coming off a loss, and you're going down to uh, uh, to Cal Allen to play those guys, and they just don't lose very many games. Uh, my God, the, the the field is named, or the stadium is named after uh, Phil Danaher, who was the winningest coach. He's been there since '84. They've done everything but win a state championship, but they won a bunch. They've won a bunch of games. Uh, none of our teams up here is going to have it easy because uh, uh, playing out. Who's playing in Alice? Floresville. Alice, yeah, Floresville. Alice, talking again, a one high school town. It's a one high school town. You go down there, everything. They're burnt orange, just like UT. Everywhere you go, even the street signs are paint orange, and that's not an exaggeration. They love their team at Memorial. They'll get there. Even their stadium, I think, is named Memorial Stadium, like the way UTs used to be. So, they're they're tough. And then. To win in, in uh, who plays at Gregory Portland? Somerset. Somerset and Gregory Portland. Uh, those teams have met in the playoffs before, and, and it, it's it's tough. GP, uh, you know, before Cal Allen became the power down there on the Gulf Coast, uh, in the Coastal Bend, so uh, rather, uh, it was it was uh, uh, Gregory Portland. They they had a long streak of, of playoff appearances. They were good. Let's talk quickly now about the 4A and 3A teams from the San Antonio area. Wimberley is at Eastside Memorial in 13-4A. They're finally getting into district play now mm -hmm. in 13-4A D2. Uh, Lano at Navarro, Bandera at Cuero, and then in 14-4A D2, Carrizo Springs at Poteet, Pearsall at Crystal City, Hondo at Divine, 15-4A uh, D1, Pleasanton at Gonzalez. Both of those teams, they have just one loss between them. Uh, Beville Jones at Lavernia, they have just two losses between them. So some good games there mm -hmm. uh, in 15-4A D1. Down in uh, 3A, 15-3A uh, D1, Marion at Jordanton, Lytle at Randolph, Cotula at Cole, 
and then the Taps games in our area. Central Catholic makes the trip to Houston to take on St. Pius. Austin Hyde Park comes to San Antonio Christian. That's a Thursday night game. And San Antonio Holy Cross uh, on the road again to Corpus Christi John Paul. Yeah, Holy Cross should win that ball game. But boy, uh, good luck to Central Catholic having to play Houston St. Pius going up there to the bios uh, the bios. That's gonna that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be tough. Getting back to the public schools here toward the end. That's another place I wish we could go. Uh, Navarro. Uh, you know, we talked about that uh, last week or week before last. Uh, uh, that's an experience there. They're, they're fans. They're, they're, it's a little bitty community, believe it or not, named Geronimo. That's where Navarro High School is, right outside Seguin on the way to San Marcos. And they love their team. They, those Panther fans go out there, uh, and they, they support the team, and it's a lot of fun. They're, they're undefeated, aren't they? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're tough. 5-0. They're they're they were they, off this past week. Yeah, so they yeah. always make long playoff runs. It's expected there. Yeah, we'll have coverage of their playoff run like we did last year for the Panthers. <laughs> and uh, if you're looking to get out to a game, man, I'm telling you, time is running out. The weather yeah. should be starting to oh, turn yeah, it's a little get bit better. nicer. Ooh, yeah. Finally, because we're really tired <laughs> of these 90-degree game days, David. It should be crisp on Friday night at Ferris Stadium for that uh, uh, O'Connor-Brandeis game. It's going to be, hopefully, it'll be a, a great scene there. From Ferris Stadium all the way down to wherever you enjoy you your bet. games. You bet. Uh, enjoy it. Get out and enjoy them because the season will be over before you know it. And, uh, next week, we'll be looking ahead to week eight already. And uh, remember, it's just an 11-week regular season, so, so time's starting to run out. Uh, we thank you for listening to the podcast. Our time has run out, as you can guess. Uh, for David Flores, I'm Cameron Songer. Thank you so much for listening. We'll thank talk you. to you again next week. Thank you.